Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360 is back and ready to go from the 6th and Peabody Studios alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us with Yeehaw Beer, with Old Smoky Moonshine, a big show plan including primary complaint. Lance Lee, Jacob Swanson, David Reed, the chairman of the board making it happen. Ellie Sylvia, our great production assistant. Gentlemen, Great to be back as a trio in person. Paul, welcome. Nice job you've done here with these new digs, boys. Uh, we went from a circle to a rectangle uh, <laughs> to make room for me. I appreciate the accommodations, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Well, how about the space? Uh, a little roomier, a little airier, a little cooler. Uh, a little cooler and a little cooler, like the Fonz would say. Yeah. Cooler. Um, and I'm looking forward to, uh, not today because the Titans are practicing afterwards, but perhaps tomorrow. Uh, a post uh, post show cocktail. Yeah, it's a uh, great surrounding. So we're happy to have you here with us for the first time, Paul, and uh, being a part of this. And as you can see, there's uh, quite a bit of scenery around you as well. Yes. As someone tries to come into our studio yeah. uh, to start the <laughs> show. Is that That's a always it's always a hazard of the job that someone thinks this door to my left right now is open. And we just roll with it, which I love. I thought it was a vandal. I wanted to start with uh, ber berating Lance and uh, Jacob. Okay. I, I looked it's so It's an interesting bad. way to start. Yeah, I looked so bad yesterday in my appearance from Titans Camp. My hat looked like a babushka. It washed out so badly. My white Jeremy hat Pruitt would have been proud. Son, yes, I, yeah, it was like a tribute to Jeremy Pruitt. If it looks that bad, say something, and I'll do something. Say something, and I'll do something. But it was terrible. You guys put out the clip of me talking about the AJ Brown stuff. I, I had to. I had to turn it off. I couldn't bear to watch it. It looked so bad. The, I hope that's the worst I've ever looked. Because if I've looked worse than that. Oh, God, I was just, uh, I was frightened of it. I, I, people had to turn away. Is there a chance that, that they just don't know what good looks like with you and that everything looks equally well, I mean, this mediocre? Looks okay outside of the bags under the eyes, but uh, that was a very babushka look. I'm going to Tampa next I week. I will say, this studio really does expose, to, uh, uh, expose the face I a lot gotta more. i got to come up with something yeah, better. i got to find a better hat for we, Tampa. We were talking about, you know, uh, <laughs> exfoliation, different types of things that can be done. Uh, we're not big makeup people, but maybe we become makeup people. We're talking about all these different remedies uh, to get rid of the bags under the eyes at times with us. And, uh, you know, look, we're open to tips. Uh, on that, uh, there is a cream that I use. I'm not going to give it away because I've, I've liked it in the past. It's but not working currently. now with this extreme close-up, I'm thinking to myself, but maybe that cream's not really working the way that I want. Yeah. So if you've got a recommendation on something, please let me know. Well, I've got major bags today, and uh, Lance said, "Do you know what uh, what works for that?" And I said, "Yeah, the word is preparation H." And he's like, "Absolutely, <laughs> you're supposed to put preparation H on there. It is a shrinkage ointment." Think about what its use is for. It shrinks something, and it's supposed to shrink the bags under the ass. And I'm not above trying it if they're going to look like this, quite frankly. So if you see the bags way down, I might have tried it. We, uh, we are open to suggestions. Also, uh, Reed is about to tell us in a matter of minutes how Dr. Melissa Toyos can, all, can help us all on set. Uh, uh, we need it. Uh, we also can't have we anything need, leaking into the cancer spot. Right we now. need a full consultation from Dr. <laughs> Melissa Toyos yeah. to come in studio and just tell us, diagnose us with all the problems that Eller faces if she just and strolled, get something for all of us. If she just strolled the whole show behind us and just like came over your face. <laughs> and just, like, just started applying ointment. pulled. <laughs> I, I think that'd probably be a good move for us at, at this point. Uh, Angie told me, uh, you know, just so you know, the, the new studio looks great. 
Um, for but you those guys. cameras really are close. So they I just, are. I just really want you to know that. And I kind of, it was very cryptic the way she says it. Was there something specific that you would yes, like for me? Face. Like what, what should I do to change my face? I didn't, and she, oh, I, no, nothing specific. I'm just letting you know the cameras are really close and they show a lot. <laughs> Oh, thanks. Hey, thanks so that's uh, the, yeah. no solution whatsoever. Criticism just that can help yeah, me? nothing specific. Just just know that the cameras are close and the studio looks great, but it's also very close in your face. I'm just so very, it's close. I'm very thankful we didn't start this studio uh, the way it started for me at, at Blackbird with the crotch shot. Yeah, uh, that uh, took Twitter by storm. Well, maybe the crotch shot is better, apparently, from Angie's telling than the face shot. We were able to get that sponsored <laughs> by Preparation H. I mean, I do think and the that shrinkage. There could be some sales opportunities if we did an entire show where, when we spoke, it just went to our crotches. So <laughs> when I'm speaking, you just see my crotch. Then it goes to Hutton. Then it goes to Paul. Uh, the, this sounds like we're all on this. Uh, well, Paul's not on it yet, but he will be. This Tim Robinson show on Netflix. Oh, yeah. This sounds like a, a sketch that could be on this Tim Robinson show of crotch talk. What if I and did, every time we talk, you hear our voice and it matches up, lines up with our crotch. What if I got the stick, like with a good picture of my face? Lance has taken some very good pictures of us, and I'll do the show behind the stick. And then if our tech gets really up to date, they could put my mouth in there like Robert Schmeigel on Conan, <laughs> and we could have a moving mouth inside my stick. We're open to all possibilities, all suggestions. Uh, you know, if you want to be mean to us, that wouldn't be the that's first fine. time or the last that that's going to happen. But yeah, let us know what we should do. Uh, also, uh, you guys are very honest about how the show looks and sounds. We, we want that. We welcome that. Uh, Lance, thumbs up, thumbs down so far on every thumbs up. It's a good day for Lance and Jacob right. as we kick things off. Yesterday, the tell show. me about the hat. Follow the show on, by, Paul, I would say it's on you to look good for the show. It's not on Lance or Jacob. Well, I come uh, into the show. And if you shot, would treat that shot, shot, and I'm not saying you need to wear a sports coat, but if you would treat that shot like you're going live on ESPN, you'd do yourself some favors. You would, you would treat that ESPN shot with a little bit more tender loving care than the live shot without kick. The, True uh, or false? <laughs> well, the ESPN shot is like once every three weeks. No, this is every day. That's every, my point. Like, once a day. Once a day. Wear the hat, wear the glasses, it's fine. But if once you get on camera, that's on you. Well, it's not ES on Lance the, or Jacob. The ESPN people will say, hey, that looks, move a little bit to your right, move a little bit to your left, the, the hat, whatever. I'm asking Lance and Jacob for a little guide. Any other way that Lance and Jacob have completely failed you <laughs> that you'd yeah. like to get on? No, that, that you'd like that, to open our first show over here? Just, just that, that one day with the hat. <laughs> just yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> There's still time today, guys. <laughs> I know. I looked terrible and I need a little help. I'm asking for help. Uh, the Colts have extended Chris Ballard and Frank Reich. Uh, they extend their contracts through 2026. Um, Ballard was hired in 2016, same, same year as John Robinson, Frank Reich the year after. And with contracts uh, due to expire soon, normally you would expect the GM and the coach, if things are going down a path of not reconstruction, but you're, you're building to a goal. They had 11 wins last year. They've had some injuries. It was expected that they would get the contract extension. That happens officially today. Uh, as they go into a weekend where they are splitting first-team reps with backup quarterbacks because Carson Wentz is not available for a solid portion of their season. I, they don't know who they're going to start right now. And that's one of the things of, of the preseason that I'm intrigued by is what – does Indianapolis find out about their quarterback situation? How quickly do they make a determination on that? And how quickly do they know they, they have to go out and find someone? Well, they changed it up yesterday and split first-team right. reps. Uh, Eason dropped to half. And, and Eason's going to get the first-team reps Friday. And Ellinger got half yesterday, so they may give him the second game. Yeah. Um, that's but they only have three. So in, what do you, in one of the other quarterback if you need battles a vet, in Denver. If you need a vet to come in – how do you get that guy up to speed for week one? Yeah, I don't think they're getting a vet to come in. I mean, if they've lured nobody that, that's Oof. out of it, there's nobody else out there that's going to help you. Um, you know, unless there's a surprise cut somewhere that you think is an is a, is a upgrade. But it's not going to be a well, significant it could, upgrade. It could it be, be a minor upgrade. Foles, yeah, is going to be a three in Chicago. Is Chicago keeping three? They're paying him $7 million, um, so it no. It seems, yeah. Uh, no, you shouldn't keep him for $7 million, absolutely. Um, but uh, Chicago certainly, uh, I mean, Indianapolis certainly taking its time. But also, Foles is an exception in terms of how much teaching you'd have to mm. do to get him up to speed because he knows the system. Right. Yeah, so you could, you could implement that a lot quicker than you could if you trade for Gardner Minshew 
for instance, which is being mentioned, or um, you know, uh, any other backup really across the league. Titans fans here in Nashville don't really get Ballard. They're like, you know, uh, he's kind of a 500 GM since he came into the league. You know, what has he done? He's a good drafting GM. You know, they haven't had the best fortune at quarterback uh, with the luck retirement. That's yeah. going to throw a franchise off for a good Absolutely. while. Um, I'm not saying he's GM of the year by any means, but you want him ahead of a lot of other people around the league. And so they're, you know, going to be a consistent team that sees this through with this regime for a while. They shouldn't be shouldn't be like not extending him. I'm not saying he should be the highest paid GM in the league or anything like that. But well, they I mean, consider two years ago at this time, Andrew Luck was retiring. Maybe not. Maybe later than this. Yeah, throws you into absolute chaos. Uh, it was at a preseason game. Yes, when the it fans, was a little bit later. Yeah, this. and then uh, two years later, around the same time, their starting veteran quarterback goes down with an injury where they don't know if he's going to be available in October or December. So Schefter put out this morning that it's l- the timetables, coincidentally, for both Wentz and Nelson are looking like they're on the more optimistic early season, beginning of the season end than the, than the bad end. So that's an encouraging development for the Colts. I, I think you also have to mention like the idea that you know, having Wentz on opening day is this fantastic thing. I, I'm not a buyer on Wentz. I'm not a buyer on Wentz in the first six weeks of the season anyway. I think it's gonna take time to settle in and I think the guy may have flashed in the paint. I'm a buyer on Wentz with Frank Reich in year one. Every quarterback, including Andrew Luck, um, has had the highest completion percentage of their entire career with Frank Reich in year one of the offense. That includes Phillip Rivers, uh, that includes Jacoby Brissett, that includes Andrew Luck, and that would have included Carson Wentz because of the offensive play calling style that he creates. Wentz has not been good when forcing passes down the field into coverage. Frank Reich doesn't do that within his offense. And some of that, you can say, is on Carson Wentz. Some of that is offensive design, where you're pushing the ball down the field just in your passing game. Reich doesn't necessarily do that as much, and he calls a game that's a bit more balanced for a quarterback. Uh, Going into year one with him and a quarterback that he knew, I was banking on it being more successful than what many thought it would be based on what Carson Wentz has done recently in Philly. I thought it was a much better fit for him than what he left with the Eagles. Well, I think anything was a better fit for him to, with what he left in the Eagles based on the way things crumbled. The well, way, not just being the a backup. It, I'm saying just offensive the style. Way it like I just, it's, well, going, it's going to fit any quarterback. And, and it's going to, he was behind one of the best offensive lines in football uh, or would have been or, and can still be. He's got a trio of running backs uh, that do different things well, and including a guy who can be a, bil- a bell cow, um, and uh, at least one veteran wideout that's back in T.Y. Hilton, and a couple of other young guys that you, you feel comfortable in. I, I don't know. I just I, I think with Reich, it was more. I was more optimistic than than most on Wednesday. I don't, I don't like them at receiver. I think they're a defensive and running football team, though, so you are asking less of him, yeah. certainly. But I think there's a lot above the shoulders for Carson Wentz that needs to be sorted out, and I think those things don't tend to get sorted out as quickly uh, by a change of scenery and a change of coach as a lot of people in Indianapolis, Indianapolis and Indiana want to hope. Why the hurry uh, to extend these guys? When you look at Reich and, and Ballard, um, I think their contract was, they're about to be lame ducks. And I'm next sure, year. I'm sure it's this like was Robinson all. will get extended well, next year. And I, I'd say this just from a timing standpoint because, and I'm sure this is all being worked out for a long time, and they just now reached it, but with the timing of Wentz going down, and I'm with you, Hutton, Frank Reich is good with first year quarterbacks, but you, know, you get the Phillip Rivers one year fix, he's out. I, I just would have liked to have seen something from either the next quarterback or Wentz if he were healthy. And then you pull the trigger on that, that big-time extension with both of those guys. But, uh, look, obviously they know and they've seen enough. Yeah, I, I mean, I think those guys are both good leaders who have that team on a good path. It's not a splashy path. And that's where people who are like, hey, why? Um, you know, because they wanted to see them do more with the finances that they have. <clears throat> also, uh, you know, not extending Quentin Nelson um, this offseason, but waiting till next offseason is going to prove very costly for them in terms of what he's going to command. 
Uh, cool note, Jacob, we're going to pull up the, uh, the story from Buffalo um, with, with Josh Allen. We, we got the mega contract. Brian Dayball, the, the, the head coach, um, do, doing some cool things up in, in Buffalo. Excuse me, offensive coordinator in the offensive room, Brian Dayball. Um, example of how the coaches are delivering a message to the team, which means, uh, that, and that message being, remember where you came from. Uh, Dayball in a meeting early in camp asked every offensive player and coach to stand up. If you're a coach and you've never been fired, sit down. And then every coach in the room sat down. Dayball continued, okay, if you're a player and you've never been cut or traded, sit down. And a majority of the, every team in the league would sit down at that point, and the Bills certainly did. If you were not picked in the first round, sit down. And then suddenly the only person in the room standing was Josh Allen. And Trubisky was the other guy standing with him uh, as the backup quarterback who sat down on the cut or traded group, even though technically he was not cut or traded by the Bears, he was just not re-signed. But he sat down in that group. And then Dayball said, Josh, how many scholarship offers did you have out of high school? None was the answer. And that was the message. All right, let's all remember where we came from. That was the message right out of, of, of the gate for Bill's training camp. And I thought that resonated uh, well, I, I thought that's that, very cool. That's a, really good. That's a well-planned message that delivers uh, a tone-setting uh, deal across the group with high expectations. Um, I, I applaud that. I thought that was really cool. And that's from a coordinator, not from a head coach. Right, 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 right. Uh, also, that shows you that guy's empowered by uh, McDermott. <clears throat> Absolutely. Uh, we'll get into the NFL preseason coming up in a bit. Uh, and, and the value, we're going to see some terrible football this weekend, but what's the true value on this weekend from an NFL standpoint? Because they didn't have this work a year ago at this time, no preseason games. And, and also what it means for officiating. There, there are some details with the refs that uh, they had in 2019 that they have now are not going to have now for two consecutive preseasons. I'll explain that. Plus we have the Field of Dreams game, Paul. Which is Thursday night, tomorrow Thursday night. Thursday night. Uh, White Sox, Yankees, first major league game ever in Iowa. A beautiful concept <clears throat> that as I've read about it and seen pictures of it, I think is going to disappoint. First though, Toyo's Clinic. See better, look better with Toyo's Clinic and toyosclinic.com. I, I received LASIK from Dr. Orlando Toyos back in 2016. Easy simple. If you, if you want to enjoy the freedom of not wearing glasses or contact lenses, do like I did and visit Dr. Rolando Toyos and Toyos Clinic, the number one LASIK provider across the state of Tennessee, also available in New York City now. And they offer the latest technology, flapless LASIK. With flapless LASIK, the very next day, you can swim, work out, wear makeup. It's so accurate and convenient that MMA fighters go right back into training. Navy SEALs receive this procedure. They're right back into training the very next day. It's simple. It's easy. Dr. Rolando Toyos helps you see better. David Reed, Dr. Melissa Toyos helps you look better. And just like her husband, she is using the latest technology when it comes to hair restoration. We're talking about the Smart Graft technology. No linear scar. Look, I've had procedures in the past, big ugly scars in the back of my head. That's not what you have to live with anymore. And you don't have to live with thinning or balding hair. Even Paul can see results from the Smart Graft technology. So if you're suffering from thinning or balding hair guys one day in the office and melissa toyos and her over a decade of experience with hair restoration can get you set up don't let eyesight and hair growth troubles hold you back call 888-315-3937 it's on the screen there 888-315-3937 schedule your lasik or hair restoration consultation today with toyos clinic see better look better Outkick 360 rolls on. We invite you to go check out the YouTube page, subscribe. You're automatically entered to win the Sony and Hertz Odyssey prize pack. Also, go to FanDuel.com, risk-free bet, FanDuel.com slash OK360. That's the site and the slash there, slash OK360. It takes you to the risk-free bet as a first-time user. You download the app. You can bet up to $1,000 risk-free. What does that mean? If you bet up to $1,000, it's risk-free because you're going to get the money back in site credit if you lose your first bet. You'll get it back. If you win, you keep the cash. It's that simple. FanDuel.com slash OK360 
for more information. Uh, Speaking of FanDuel, I've got the parlay later today. Yes. And I will give you a quick tease about this parlay. We will go into our first foray into NBA Summer League <laughs> betting <laughs> wow. coming up later today. So that's Might as well. very exciting. Might as well. Um, are we going to be betting the, the uh, near said the Hall of Fame game, the Field of Dreams game tomorrow night? Yankees and White Sox? Well, uh, it, it, first the parlay would have to fall to me. Or it could... I mean, Chad could do it too. I'm playing to win tonight. The odds are more as in our favor to. for a parlay than. Uh, well, I'm not. I'm not playing for the big payday. Yes. Right. I'm. I'm paying. I'm playing for the. Let's take three favorites and see what happens. I mean, if we've been maintaining our usual pace of uh, uh, failing to win, I've been keeping some money in my pocket because uh, you send this out. Uh, I'm in the middle of the Titans training camp glare. Then you said one day, hey, this game starts in. 30 minutes there's no way i'm getting to it in that 30 minutes so the five dollars has actually been staying in my pocket so i've got a, a little bit built up of non-lost money to uh, to dive Good. back in nice maybe you can spend some of that on the field of dreams game <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> if i lose i look forward to it so you don't you, you like the concept just not the execution of this game well here's the problem it's not on the field it's not on the field of dreams field they built the field next to the field of dreams field like across the way to in order to put up bleachers and in order to have uh, some suites in order to have a press facility and to me i don't know about you i picture it the number one thing i think of is that the outfield quote unquote wall is corn yes there's a wall in front of the corn <laughs> uh, how do you put a wall in front of the corn well at I least have a like a chain link running fence. up against the corn uh, you know, not into the corn. You, there, there's a certain ground rule, right? You can't go into the corn. You can run up against the corn, but there's a certain limitation on what you could do with the corn. But they put a wall. Well, the problem, Paul, is you got to have something there because if not, a gapper goes into the corn. Well, it's a ground rule double. It's going to be a lot of ground rule doubles that normally would not be a double uh, if that happens. I mean, look, I, I'm with you. There needs to be some sort of clear divide where it's corn that you see and not a wall. A like chain a link fence wall. or like a see-through plexiglass wall around it where there's a wall stopping the baseball, but it's corn behind it. But uh, you're taking away pretty much all the luster of what is a Field of Dreams yes. game when it's not playing into the corn in some way. I was and I saw pictures, and I was super unexcited. So I went to super disappointment. I, I want it to be like they're playing on the field in the movie. And it's not the field in the movie for starters. And secondarily, they take away the number one attraction of the movie. That it is, the outfield wall is corn. How much, uh, how much of their accommodations are for fans in this? Well, for fans with giant money, sponsor fans. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I so mean, they have roughly, what, four to 8,000 fans? 8,000, I think. And I don't know if that's counting the sponsorship suites or, or not. But I really think it's best done as a, as I've thought about it and read about it, best done as a made-for-TV event, kind of like the Olympics wound up being against their will. But I think a made-for-TV event, because the movie, guess what, was made for, for big screens. And I think it could have been a majestic made-for-big-screen kind of baseball game. But what they're doing is accommodating the 8,000 who I'm sure are paying $2,500 oh, yeah. to be there. And for them, maybe it'll be terrific. I'm anticipating disappointment from the beginning. I do wonder the breakdown of actual fans paying good money to go to this game versus corporate sponsorship, you know, plug-ins. Well, we know what's ruling the day financially. Yeah. But I'm saying that it's a sponsor hookup, right? Like you, you, you buy this package for Major League Baseball and or you sponsor a, the TV partner and then you get 50 tickets for your company uh, or your no, clients to that 50, game. Because if there are only 8,000, <clears> and we know how many sponsors Well, that's my point. Is it, it Could it be half sponsorship connections and half tickets sold? I think there are very sold? few regular tickets. Very few. I'm, I'm eager. I'm not, I'm not trying to make my judgment up one way or the other. I, I, I hope that it's really good um, because I, I hope that uh, you know, this is something that is an annual event, maybe a, a series event instead of a one-off. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. I wouldn't mind that. Though uh, I don't know where you're commuting the players to. Like, I don't know how far they are from actual 
like hotel civilization for to, to accommodate teams. Yeah, but I mean, they, they built and accommodated teams in, in Williamsport. I mean, I mean, for major league level teams. Like, I, I think there's a way to do it. Uh, and who knows? Maybe they'll if this if this works. Maybe they'll build some hotels around this place uh, just for this one event. Um, but this is tomorrow night on Fox, uh, the Field of Dreams game with the Yankees and the White Sox. Uh, looking looking forward to just seeing the how they pull it off. And it should always be a Yankees I, thing. I am for anything. It should not always no. be a Yankees thing. It needs to rotate. That's ridiculous. I am for anything that um, throws a curveball into the middle of a monotonous season. I like the outdoor classics in hockey. I like a game like this. I think there should be more than one game like this a year where you take a regular season game, you play it somewhere unique, and you change up what is a very long and monotonous season in a long, any long, long season sport, hockey, NBA, Major League Baseball, I'm all for more of this. Yeah, me too. I hope, I hope it comes off well, but I fear that they've taken some of the potential luster off of it while accommodating the things they felt were important to accommodate. They, uh, it's also a pretty important game for the Yankees. I mean, we have 49, 49 days left in the season. Um, they're two games back, three games back of the wild card right now. Two and the out White from Sox were the best Look, teams in the league. They were, they were damn Yankees were playing great, and they had another COVID explosion. Now, Anthony Rizzo comes in, he's damn carrying them, and he disappears for COVID. Um, they, they've just blown it on the, on the COVID front, the Yankees. Every, yeah. every time they've gotten something started, they, they've had a, a little COVID thing help get in the way. Outside of their regular injuries, Torres finally gets going, and I think he's got a thumb. Um, and, and, and he's gone bad. But they've been pretty good since the All-Star break, and the Red Sox have been pretty bad since the All-Star break, which is lovely for me. Back to football. Are we discounting the blow to the Ravens a little bit based on the fact that Lamar Jackson seemingly can't avoid COVID? He's back now. He's yeah, back he's now, but he's had it twice, and, and he's not going to get vaccinated, vaccinated. And he is the offense, the quarterback of the Ravens, who roster-wise should be a team that could contend for a Super Bowl. And uh, that's, that's a story that I think is sort of under-discussed at this well, point. Well, it's not like he's got to get his timing down on the deep shots with the outside <laughs> receivers because yeah, they're the new not capable of, of doing that. So, uh, I mean, I think that his running is uh, you know pretty natural element of their offense that doesn't, I don't imagine, need the same level of refinement and practice. Um, but it's not been a good camp for the Ravens, certainly. Well, it's a big year for him because he's now next up. He and Baker Mayfield are next up on the contract extensions. Uh, And both organizations have said they want to get something done. Lamar Jackson is apparently representing himself through his mother, I believe, is the story. At least that's the case right now. Um, Josh Allen just received his big-time extension, so that, that sets the bar. We don't expect the other two to surpass it. But... I mean, if, if Mayfield has a monster season with the Browns, who knows what the Cleveland Browns end up doing. It makes sense for him to wait. Uh, meanwhile, Jackson, it sounded like in the offseason, was wanting to get something done before the season started. It doesn't seem as though that pace is going at the same rate right now, although you know we, there's still time left until September 12th when they kick off the season. And generally things get put aside once generally. the season starts. Well, it's, and especially whenever you're not – at camp because of COVID, and then you get there and things are sped up even more, right? Yeah, so I don't see how a team's not upset with you <laughs> um, that, to a degree. You know, and we talked yeah. here about Ryan Tannehill, who begrudgingly got the vaccine, but he got it because he didn't want to be separated from his teammates through the protocols and all of that. And ultimately, um, you know, the way the league set things up, he felt like not getting it was going to hurt his ability to lead and have chemistry with guys, which is true. If you don't have it, it hurts your ability to lead and have chemistry and be present in the way that your colleagues around the league are going to be present. And so I think in that regard, Chad, that, that, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a story. Uh, Lamar Jackson can't be present for his guys the same way a lot of his colleagues are present for their Based guys. Based on the rules and, and that's protocols. Gonna hurt, yeah. That's going to hurt the Ravens uh, this year. I think that quarterbacks get so much leeway in every locker room that it's not going to be an issue uh, with his teammates because, first off, I think this is sort of a don't ask, don't tell, don't discuss type issue. 
in NFL locker rooms. I don't think they're spending a lot of time berating someone who doesn't get the vaccine. I don't think they're spending a lot of time talking about it. And especially if you're a franchise quarterback for one of these teams, RPD in the feed said, well, I guess they're going to have to cut him because, you know, some other guys are getting cut for not doing it. Well, you can cut the third-string linebacker to send a message. You can fire the position coach that's older and won't get a vaccine to send a message. You're not firing your franchise quarterback. Those guys are going to be able to do whatever they want with the organization. Now, the locker room question is a good one, Paul, but it just seems to me that quarterbacks in the NFL or really at any level, that they're given such leeway with a team and their teammates that I don't think it's going to be an issue with them. Now, the issue to me would be his availability and how it affects the Ravens more than anything else. I don't think it's going to be an issue where his teammates suddenly don't like him because he won't get vaccinated. But if this continue to happen, you know, I'm someone that when I'm outside, mosquitoes flock to me. If there are mosquitoes around, I've got whatever the blood type is that mosquitoes go for. It seems like Lamar Jackson that COVID seems to find him wherever he is. I'm no scientist. I don't know what's going on there. But when you get the virus twice, twice in odds are he's not going to stop going out and doing things. He could get it again. And if it's a two-week absence because he gets it again, it's two games. that's a huge football story for the Ravens. Yeah, well, that's a huge football story. And I'm not saying his teammates are going to – I mean, his teammates should be angry if he's missing two games. But I'm not saying his teammates are going to be angry or it's going to be a topic of discussion. But I'm saying if he's got to sit for lunch over where Reed is off our screen here and you and I are over here and we're talking about that play at practice that was giving us problems and our quarterback isn't involved in the discussion just by the pure logistics of the situation, that adds up over the course of the season to hurt the team just on the logistics of the protocols. And he's hurting the team in that fashion, whether he gets COVID and misses two games or not, that there's a cumulative effect of that on a football team that's unhealthy. And he's hurting his team in that fashion. Look, Ryan Tannehill is the uh, shining example that the league wants to make that here's a guy who otherwise was not going to get a vaccine and not get vaccinated. And because of these strict protocols and not hurting his team, they properly informed slash shamed him into getting the vaccine. He didn't seem very happy about it when he talked about it, but he's doing that for his team so he can be around them and be eligible. Lamar Jackson's on the opposite side of that. Not seeing a ton of criticism on Lamar Jackson deciding not to do that. I don't think we're ever going to see it from inside the Ravens organization. Why? Because he's the franchise quarterback. We're seeing and they're it not going to say about it. Kirk Cousins. We is are seeing Kirk Cousins getting flat. ripped to shreds for it. Now, Kirk Cousins, and the number one reason Kirk Cousins is getting ripped to shreds for it more than Lamar Jackson is because Kirk Cousins is not as good. Right? Kirk Cousins is not the long-term answer in Minnesota. Minnesota has a chance to be a decent football team this year, and they need damn Kirk Cousins to be out there playing. Kirk Cousins hasn't getting, tested positive twice. Getting good. He hasn't tested positive twice. But Kirk he, Cousins see, is available during camp. Well, he was out for 10 days, right? Because of contact uh, because tracing. Because of contact tracing. So uh, he, he's missing time even for something less. Well, the Vikings only have, last I heard, what, 65% of their team? Yeah, they're maybe the lowest in the league. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not just Cousins there uh, that's, that's missing time or contact trace, but, um, you know, Cousins and his stance on the vaccine versus Lamar Jackson's stance are treated differently. Well, also, Cousins is being pretty outspoken. Cousins is saying this is the thing that's infuriating. He's saying, he's saying what Ryan Tannehill is saying. I'll do everything I have to to be there for my team. But his actions don't match up with that. Ryan Tannehill, in fact, did everything he had to to be there for his team, which included getting vaccinated, despite the fact he didn't really want to get vaccinated. But Cousins well, Lamar is Jackson isn't there. even saying that. Right. Well, Lamar Jackson's saying nothing. He said it's a personal issue. Right. But Kirk Cousins is standing in front of microphones saying, I'll do everything it takes, while he's absolutely, obviously not doing everything it takes because... He, he declines to get the vaccine. So look, he can decline to get the vaccine, but he can't stand there and say, I'll do everything it takes because clearly he's skipping one of the major steps in terms of doing everything yeah, but that nearly it takes. half his team is virtual I, with them well, anyway. That's, that's fine, but they're not the quarterback. I think it's very disproportionate uh, from a media standpoint, the criticism of Kirk Cousins as opposed to Lamar Jackson. And it's a, it, on face value, it's the same case. Two guys who, for whatever reason, don't want to get the vaccination. And Paul, I'd also like to think that the people uh, who have been very publicly critical of those not getting vaccinated 
in sports media that they're not thinking, boy, Kirk Cousins just isn't as good of a player, so I'm not going to criticize. I'm going to criticize him more because he's not a good no, player, I, I and I'm going to lay off of Lamar Jackson. No, I, think the I don't think is, the people that are that pious about it are looking at the football end no. of this and saying, let's all crush Kirk Cousins because he is not on stable footing in Minnesota and lay off of Lamar no, Jackson. I don't, I don't think that's what it is. I think it's that Kirk Cousins is saying, I'll do everything, and he's not doing everything. And Lamar Jackson is benefiting in one of those situations by not speaking. He's, he's also about to get paid, though, at least we presume, right? Yeah, no, he's going to get paid. Uh, their backup <laughs> is Trace McSorley, so... <laughs> Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Good, good luck in Baltimore. I mean, and for everybody in Nashville that talks constantly about the insufficiency of Logan Woodside, I offer Trace McSorley. There's no difference there, is there? Um, I guess not. I, I guess not. Um, we'll find out. Because hopefully one, one neither of these guys going to miss out. time. But that's just odds. Odds are. Odds, odds would, yeah, would odds suggest. Are. What are we actually going to learn in the preseason? <laughs> we, we learned last year that the, the – teams don't actually need it per se to get ready for the season the NFL set records in points per game and points overall uh, we saw offenses at a pace we've never seen before in the history of the National Football League um, it was against what we perceived would be a big issue we expected the league to be slow out of the gate they were not uh, some teams were but the vast majority of the league were posting points so other than depth and evaluation evaluation of the back end of rosters where we did not see a lot of movement on practice squads and maybe you can point to not knowing the league that well in the back end of the the, the rosters what are we actually going to get out of a preseason when these coaches now are not even going to play their starters very much in a reduced preseason they're going to play them more in a scrimmage for instance the titans will scrimmage tampa bay next week We'll see more starters competing in that scrimmage than we will in the all, all three preseason games combined. Yeah. The other thing about the beginning of season last year that I think was a huge surprise was that it wasn't heavily penalized early. We all expected sloppy, oh, yeah. and it wasn't particularly sloppy. That was the big surprise to me. I think the thing that we get, Hut, I was thinking about this last night, there weren't a ton of transactions early last season, right? A fourth string, a fourth round draft pick that might have gotten cut somewhere, people weren't jumping on. Mm -hmm. Because the number one thing that you would want to see from that guy was preseason tape. And there was no preseason tape, right? Now that guy's probably going to play if he's not doing great in practice. Let's use Des Fitzpatrick. He's a, he's a wide receiver, fourth round out of Louisville for the Titans. Titans have a glut of wide receivers they now. They do. Most of us think he'll stick based on, based on that draft value, where he's probably not one of the better guys. Now, he could get there in these three preseason games. But if the Titans were to cut him, you play that game. Will he make it through waivers so he could get to the, to the practice squad? Well, if he sucks in these three games, he'll make it through waivers. If he shows something in these three games but other guys show more, you have to play that game. Can he get through waivers? Now it's much more of a contest because 31 other teams will have seen what he does in training camp. And if he makes three great catches, they'll see promise. And if they've got a real dearth of wide receivers, they might say, well, we kind of liked Des Fitzpatrick in the draft. We were going to think about him in the fifth round. He made those three really good catches for the Titans against Atlanta and Tampa Bay maybe we'll put in a claim on him because he's better than the guy that we're thinking about keeping who we could get on our practice squad. Whereas last year, you didn't have any of that. And, and yeah, no movement. But other, I mean, how many games do you need to make that evaluation? Well, you might only need a series. I'm just trying to figure out right? where, the, where the value is. But coaches, I think, figured out uh, small tweaks to how they're going to approach the preseason. It, how does Vrabel handle, for instance, the Tennessee Titans starters? And we, we can get into this later this week. We know they're not going to play in preseason game number one. They have a scrimmage against Tampa Bay, which means the starters are not going to play in preseason game number two because they're going to get their work in during the week. So ultimately, what are you really evaluating? They're barely even seeing the starters practice at this point. Yeah. No, what you're so, evaluating is all depth. 
Right, or, or all and competitive positions. Guys are the cutting. third outside linebacker in Tennessee is a big position. So you're looking at the three or four guys who are competing for that, and to them, it's super valuable. But does it mean anything really to Bud Dupree or Harold Landry, and how much time do they get? I mean, I think you'd give Dupree a little bit somewhere because he's coming off an injury and you want him to have full faith on September 12th, but maybe not. I mean, Sean McVay is a trendsetter, and Sean McVay's not playing starters in the preseason, ever. He said, you're never going to see Matthew Stafford, as long as I'm coaching this team, you're never going to see him play in a preseason game. And that's a pretty big statement. That's a pretty big statement, too, for people who have to buy Rams preseason tickets as part of their season ticket package, which is remains the biggest ripoff in professional sports. Yes. And, and look, I, I think there is some value to the preseason for coaches. I it's just think the checklist has extremely diminished Absolutely. on what they're trying to accomplish. And it's diminished not just because of one game removed. I think they, they're taking what they learned last year, what they thought they needed, but ultimately didn't, what they can accomplish in practice or a joint practice, where every uh, there's all everything every team except for maybe two or three two teams four teams are doing joint practices this preseason in some way, shape or, or That's fashion. That's the most valuable thing. That's where the value is now. It's not in these preseason games. And let one guy of any substance suffer one injury of any substance. Never mind. It doesn't even have to be a torn ACL, a torn Achilles. Um, you know, give, give something that's going to cost them six weeks of the regular season and the horror around the league. Uh, they, we, we were talking earlier about shrinkage, the shrinkage of the usage preparation in the H. preseason. Uh, it will be preparation H applied to preseason game plans <laughs> and usage. Don't you think? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, coming up, primary complaint. We are ready to go in studio here at 6th and Peabody. That is straight ahead. First, though, Aurora Nutriscience, partnering with Outkick 360, trusted partner that keeps us here at the show mentally sharp and healthy. Aurora delivers your supplements where you need them most, your body. You're seeing uh, vitalifescience.com right now. Vitalifescience.com is where you can see more information. Typical pills, capsules, not well absorbed. In fact, most are absorbed in small, very small amounts. Your digestive system breaks them down until there's little left for you to benefit from. Aurora gives you unique cutting edge nutritional supplements encapsulated in liposomes that ensure greater absorption into the body's bloodstream. I use vitamin C, the vitamin D. It's absorbed in the bloodstream through the GI tract and it ensures you're not wasting this like you would be with a capsule or a pill. Visit vitalifescience.com. Vitalifescience.com for more information. Vitalifescience.com. Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. It is time for primary complaint. Oh, yeah. My primary complaint this week is yet another sign of these big box stores that are not willing to pay employees to come in and work. Uh, an example would be, for instance, self-checkout. Uh, more self-checkout than assisted checkout nowadays at any time of day. But here I was going to get a pack of chewing gum yesterday at a, a local store next to where I live. And at 5.30 in the evening, Jacob, here's the photo, uh, they're packing and stocking shelves and they, they have boxes in the middle of the aisle at 5.30. This is an overnight job for a reason. I need convenience, I need space, and I don't need to be tripping over watermelon boxes while I go grab my trident. That's my primary complaint. My primary complaint is the MLB extra innings package, which I love for the way it provides me constant access to my New York Yankees and connects me to my home team. But the break between innings, I, I never thought that I would miss actual commercials. It gives you this a lot of times with a song that plays over and over and over and makes me want to not live. 
Also, uh, the same four MLB Network commercials that are tired, tired, tired. And then some Yankee-specific commercials. One with uh, Gary Sanchez telling us in Spanish how he longs to be the next great catcher on the Yankee list with Elston Howard, Thurman Munson, and uh, Jorge Posada. Gary, that dream's dead. <laughs> and that commercial should also be dead. I don't know, just give me like uh, an American flag waving or something during these breaks. But if I want to turn away from the Yankee game, at least make it about the Yankees playing like crap, not about what you put on between innings. I'm going to go ahead and fill in the blanks of what we're about to receive via tweets. Paul complaining about something, exactly the same thing we do on this show. Now, I will say the difference is this show's free, and Paul's having to pay <laughs> for extra innings. So, you know, pipe down. Thank you, Chad. If you've got a problem with it, please pipe down. Uh, not you, Paul, to anyone that complains about it. Um, my primary complaint this week, I'm going to start with three words. Say his name. And the name I'm talking about is the name of Paul Kuharski, who is sitting two spots down from me to my right right now. This is a primary complaint for all media cowards out there. We are in a content business. If someone is helping provide content for your show, I don't care where your show is located, I don't care who your boss is, I don't care what corporation you work for, I don't care what your producer tells you to do, I don't care about any of that. You say the name of the person helping provide content for you. Because I don't like the Baltimore Ravens, if the Baltimore Ravens beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, I can't say, you know, I really hate this team, so I'm not even going to mention their name, but they had a huge win over the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we're going to talk about that, team, that game right now. That's not the way you do business. That's not the way you operate in media. I don't care what your personal feelings are for the person. I don't care if they worked at your company before. I don't care if they are your mortal enemy. If they do something that provides content for your show, you say the name of the person that does it. It is that simple. It is easy to do. Say it after me. Paul Kuharski of Outkick360 and paulkuharski.com put out a tweet that A.J. Brown destroyed. It's really that simple. Do it every time. Something else that kills me is with Clay Travis. Too many local coward media members want to subtweet everything Clay Travis does and start by saying, I'm not going to mention this guy's name and give him credit, but if you're listening to some, shut up. If you're not going to say their name, then shut up about them. Stop paying any attention to it if that's your biggest beef with someone. Give me a break and say names. That's my primary complaint. Heisenberg. You're Heisenberg. I am Heisenberg today, <laughs> damn it. I'm tired of it. It's ridiculous. It, ha it happens way too often. It's going to continue to happen on certain uh, shows, uh, apparently, uh, based on rules in buildings that are followed to a T. I mean, um, we, you know, we hated the Tennessean uh, locally in Nashville for yeah. a long time. And guess what? Every single time someone broke a story from the Tennessean, what, what do we do? Adam Sparks is we reporting. We mentioned the name of the person. Good job by this person at the Tennessee in breaking yeah, this story. Story by such and such. Such and such wrote this story. You don't, there's no universe where you get a pass for, because you have a problem with someone, not mentioning their name when you're in the media. That's, that's not how it works. Especially in this market where everyone mentions everyone. Everyone's a guest on everyone's show. They're all bust. Right? I mean, that... So to, to not mention names here in, in Nashville, Tennessee, I don't, I don't know how it works in other markets, but, but here locally, everyone is friends with every other media person. But in this instance, uh, the reporter was, was named, which is ridiculous. Well, and if you're going to uh, host a podcast about media, Braden Gall, um, you, you better damn well practice what you preach on media ethics and rules and not take the advice of anyone and I don't care who's telling you not to say a name. You say, you know, Paul Koharski tweeted this out. It's really that simple. I, I don't think by saying that, that, you know, you've just put an extra million dollars in Paul Koharski's pocket uh, by saying that at, at any point. I mean, it's, it's really, really simple and, to do. And Brayden Gall's taking... And it's painless to do also. Brayden Gall's taking most of our flack. It's Ramon Foster's show. So I, I don't know why he's so scared to, to, to mention my name either. But he's the one, quite frankly, that should steer that. Oh, well, and again, it, this is for anyone. Yeah. I, I'm pointing out the person that, that hosts 
a, a media podcast locally that I've actually been on and I've enjoyed their podcast. If you're going to do that, you need to own up and say, yeah, that was wrong. Because it was. I've never heard Braden Gall say, uh, in terms of his media practices, that he was wrong because he's the all-knowing authority about how media works in Nashville. Uh, Brandon on Twitter says, the uh, on-screen will be right back is still better than the 1877 Cars for Kids spot that, <laughs> that airs all the time on uh, local radio. <laughs> and the jingle. Yeah, that's that's a bad one. That's about. I'm just, but I, I was laughing uh, just internally listening to Paul's complaint because I'm like, boy, this is. And we just received uh, some messages earlier on the YouTube chat that says, I don't know why, but that song that replays every time on Outkick 360, it's a banger. It's in my head, and I love it every time. It hits hard during a break. I would also. And then you're doing that. I'm like, oh, this is dad's exactly. I would also say, dad's acid. No, that's a very good point by you, Chad. But I was. I would also say this is the difference. When I'm watching the Yankees, I'm on my couch with my feet up, only watching the Yankees. I hope some people are watching us like that. But I would presume during the workday that people are multitasking, right? And uh, the way I consume sports talk media. I, I'm, I can turn to something else during the break. Yeah. I usually do. Uh, you know, I'm writing an email. Again, I'm, I'm doing work. We also. are offering up a free product. You know, also, I mean, that, that's a big difference. Right. You're paying good money for MLB extra innings. I think there's a, a difference, a difference between the two. It also reminds me of uh, the early days, and even now to some extent, David Reed brought this up as well. Both clicked in our head at the same time. SEC Network. You know, every single break was the same region spot. It was the same, it just means more. Remember the woman in the commercial on the beach talking about it just oh, yeah. means more with the SEC? Oh, yeah. For those Has first couple of seasons, exact same thing. Has that changed much? There's still a pretty heavy rotation of three or four spots same. during every game that I watch. But, they, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Coming up, the Tennessee Power Hour, we discuss Titans, Vols, and much more. On the Vols front, we'll tell you the quarterback who was not on the practice field for Josh Heupel today. We'll, we'll discuss him. Also, for the Titans, we go deeper into the unofficial depth chart that Vrabel claims he didn't even look at when it was released. Um, and if that's the case, there are some messages sent by those in the know whoever put this together. Who is Jan Johnson, for instance? And why is he ahead of Monty Rice as the backup to Rashawn Evans? What does it say that Chris Jackson is the starter at nickel, if in fact that's what everyone is, is led to believe right now. Is that a good thing that he's working ahead of some other players? We'll, we'll peel back layers there and we will discuss Dylan Radins, who's the backup right guard after being drafted as a right tackle competition guy his rookie season. All that and more straight ahead on Outkick 360. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.